Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night, an abnormal time for a Denver Stiff Show, I will say, but we had to react to what was another impressive game from Michael Porter Jr., Denver's young star. Michael Malone called him one of the two cornerstones that was out there on the floor today, along with Nikola Jokic. Uh, We'll see how Jamal Murray fits back into that equation when he gets healthy, but to talk about it, I have brought on two excellent writers from Denver Stiffs. First and foremost, Brandon Ewing. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ryan. I'm glad to be back on the show, and it's a, it's an exciting time right now. I'm, I'm ready to talk about Michael Porter Jr. for the next three hours, so let's gear up. You've kind of been the, the ultimate meme lord for Denver Stiffs, especially social media, over the past few months, and, and it's been good to see. You've had a couple of bangers today, too. Yeah, no, that's my uh, that's my absolute favorite thing to do, man. Is just come up with funny content on Twitter. I, uh, man, I, I just really enjoy it. I'm glad that you know the fans are enjoying it as well because uh, they're enjoying it as much as I am. So keep engaging with me, guys, and I'll try to give you funny stuff. I promise they're not all going to be funny, but I laugh. So when you guys laugh just half the time, it makes me happy. So when you take big swings, that's that's just what happens, man. It's okay. Uh, on, the other, on the other line, we have Daniel Lewis, uh, the king of Arizona himself. Uh, Dan, you have been out there for a while. This was the uh, first few games that you had to absorb from the bubble. What have you noticed from this team over these past three games? Um, I've noticed that the Nuggets back court is really needed if they're going to make a long playoff run. But I also have noticed uh, that if the Nuggets are also going to make a long playoff run, they're probably going to need to give Michael Porter Jr. 30 minutes a game. At least at this point, right? Like this this guy, he just keeps doing some crazy stuff. Uh, been really excited to see what he's been able to do today. Had 30 points, 15 rebounds in 36 minutes, 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. He was a team high plus 13 in a six-point victory. Uh Skip, after a 37-point outburst on Monday, what do you think? Is this the MPJ that Nuggets fans can expect now for the rest of the bubble? I think that it's safe to expect it just because the the thing that's really stood out to me the past two games is how effortless he's done everything. Like, it hasn't even seemed like he's been working that hard. And last game, he played 44 minutes. Today, he played 36 minutes. So I think it's tough to expect a guy to get over 30 points and at least 15 rebounds per game. But I think that you can expect around 20 points a game from him and around 10 rebounds, which is still pretty damn good for a rookie. So I think it's probably not the expectation to get this many points and rebounds, but just under it, I think Nuggets fans can certainly expect that going forward. Which is crazy. Like even if the, if it was 20 and 10, 
on a, on a relatively consistent basis on some good efficiency. That's nuts. That's like Kevin Love numbers for the past few years. That's, that's a guy that the Nuggets just added midseason basically and said, hey, on top of what we've already done, on top of having Murray and Jokic two-man game, Will Barton has had a breakout over the last few weeks or last, last few months, I would say. Um, they still have been really good, but they may need that last piece. Uh, Dan Porter, he was clearly ready for this opportunity after having a, a setback on, on Saturday to open up the bubble, but he's capitalized it like very few players can. Uh, is there any reason the Nuggets should take him out of the starting lineup at this point? No, I, I don't think so. And I was, was going to say, if, if he's putting up 20 and 10, I'm, my, my next question is, why is he only getting 12 shots? But um, yeah. I, I think at this point, you have to keep him in the starting lineup, especially, um, like I mentioned earlier, if, this, if Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Will Barton aren't going to be available because you got Monte Morris out there who's he was a fine backup point guard and has filled in well enough for Jamal Murray, but then you're putting Torrey Craig at shooting guard and he's more of a stop people from scoring guard. He's not really known for being a scorer. And then Paul Millsap isn't going to be someone that's putting up a high volume of, sh- of shots. So you, you really need to have someone out there that can space the floor and help give Jokic someone that he can pass the ball to and reasonably expect them to score. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, as long as, Jamal Murray and Gary Harrison will Barton aren't available to go. You have to start Michael Porter Jr. And I would also say that I think that it's important to start him even after those guys start getting back and are healthy. Uh, obviously, Gary Harris is going to need some time to get going. He, I don't think he played in any of the exhibition games. He's missed a lot of practice. He's not going to be able to go 25 minutes a night when he first gets back. So you, you start rotating him in with Will Barton at the two guard and you're still going to be able to get Torrey Craig minutes and maybe five, 10 minutes of Troy Daniels if, if necessary, but uh, just keep your guard point guard rotation with Murray and Morris, your two guard rotation with Barton and Harris. And then at three, you're just rotating out Porter jr. And Craig. And I think that you have a, a pretty decent, you know, six man rotation there. And you figure out what to do with Jokic and Plumlee and, Millsap and Grant, and that's there's your eight or nine guys for the playoffs. No, I hear you. I think that's a it's a good thought. It's definitely something that I think the Nuggets have been building towards, especially over the last few games. Porter really made this easy. He he made this with the way that he performed over this game, over last game. Uh, guys just don't do this. There are very few rookies in NBA history that have ever been able to put together performances like this. And then performances like this back-to-back in this kind of scenario, the Nuggets have a lot of pressure on them. And right now it's very clear that Porter is the second most important offensive player on this team and the guy that opposing teams are game planning for. But even still, there's only so much that opposing teams can do against him, especially with Jokic passing the way that he is. So, Skip, Malone mentioned post-game that Porter, he should have definitely been a rising star back in February. Uh, he seems to be fully on the MPJ train at this point. It, it just the way that he is reacting to some of the things that Porter has done, I just don't expect him to be able to go away from Porter now that Denver has won multiple games in a row. Yeah, well, like you said, Porter's really made the decision easy on him, but just how well he's played. Like, I mean, you can't just not 
you can't just take minutes away from that guy from what he's shown you the past two games. And I know he struggled the first game, but Malone even talked today. He wasn't mad that Michael Porter Jr. didn't score in the first game. He was mad he didn't rebound. He only had one rebound in that first game. And we've all seen how great a rebounder Michael Porter Jr. can be. And he's shown that the last two games. So that's just something you can't take out of the lineup. And uh, I don't know, man, he, he's just really fun to watch. It's crazy how effortless he is out there. And the thing that I kind of noticed today is every time he was on the court, all the other guys fed off that energy. When he was off the floor, you kind of noticed they struggled a little bit. When he'd come back in, that was when they were flying high on all cylinders. So I think you can't take that out of the starting lineup. And I think, especially when Barton, Harris, and Murray do return, it's going to be close to the playoffs. So, I mean, it's tough to just throw them in and expect all three of those guys to start right away. Porter started the last three games. He's going to start probably the last five regular season games at least. Keep that guy in. Let him get in that rhythm. And I promise that he's going to keep playing well. So I, I would definitely keep him in, and I wouldn't think twice about it. I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, he's he's looked great in the minutes that he's had, and there's just only so much that the Nuggets can do if he's not on the floor because of the ceiling that he has uh, with him being out there, there are so many more things that he can do and that he can provide. And I think the way that he and Jokic have worked together has been really great as well. Uh, let's talk about Jokic now. He's, he was been great. He was 25 points today, 11 assists on 10 of 17 from the field. Uh, Dan Jokic hit those three, three pointers in a row. It just felt like the entire team received a major boost after that. They, uh, they were, they were really starting to shoot at, at that point. Yeah, he had another good game. Um, I think it's nice to see him kind of step up in a situation where he really needs to be a guy that can put points on the board. And right. he, had it, he had a good matchup. His first have been playing small because LaMarcus Aldridge is out. And uh, I think Jokic realized it was fairly easy for him to score on Devin Eubanks and Rudy Gay, but it was nice to see him kind of provide the uh, momentum for a nice run again, just like he did in the, the previous game against the Thunder. Yeah, he has that ability to take over, and that definitely felt like a moment where he took over for this Nuggets team. Uh, against the Thunder, he actually did it inside against Steven Adams, but against the Spurs, he did it from the three-point line, and he did it as a passer, and, and being able to get the ball to where it needed to go and and be as efficient with it as possible. That was a really big deal. He was absolutely dishing some dimes out there for sure. Uh, felt like he hit every nugget for a back cut at some point during this game. Uh, Skip, how many teams out there can match up with the Nuggets when Porter and Jokic are playing like this? Yeah, man, it's tough. I, I can't really name any teams that can do it. Porter's just such a – he's such a – nightmare matchup for other teams i mean you can just see he just skies over dudes even if there's a hand in his face he's still going to make the jump shot he just does it all the time so effortlessly and in Jokic could just work against any big in the nba i think the the good thing with Jokic was today he still had those five turnovers which the nuggets are trying to cut down on but you couldn't even notice because he was still making those risky passes that you kind of you kind of live with with Jokic because they make so many good plays that lead to easy buckets so i think that right i don't know i think i I just like I really like the Nuggets against any team in the playoffs, even against both of the LA teams. And I know I haven't seen them face them in four months, but we're going to see it next Monday and Wednesday when they play both of them. So uh, I don't know. It's just tough for me seeing the Nuggets getting stopped by another team right now, just because they're playing so well. And it, it's tough to. It's only two games, so you don't want to overreact too much. But at the same time, it's still really exciting when they have those three starters not in the lineup, and you see how well Jokic and Porter have been playing. 
I saw somebody post a stat, and you guys know how I love my stats. That uh, that when Porter has been on the floor this this turn during this bubble time, the Nuggets have a one nineteen offensive rating. That's when he shared the floor with guys like Morris, Craig, Millsap, Grants. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of spacing in a lot of those cases. But Porter has been just a, a singularly impactful piece, and Jokic feeding him the ball on a consistent basis. Uh, just the way that those two have blended together, it, it, it has really worked. Uh, it's worked even better than I thought it could. Uh, Jakob Pertl and Drew, Drew Eubanks were the center matchups for Denver uh, and Jokic this time. Uh, Jokic torched the, both of those guys. Spurs even, even closed a bit with Rudy Gay at center. That didn't really work out either. Uh, Dan, where where do you put Jokic on the hierarchy of stars right now? Is he is he in that top tier? Is he in the next tier? Um, is what do you what do you think of the way that he's put together these performances in the bubble so far, and how does he match up with other guys? Uh, I think if you're going with the definition of star as like pure talent level and, and ability to impact the game, I think he's definitely a, a top ten player right now. Sure. Uh, I don't probably not like a top seven or eight, but I think he's top ten, maybe top fifteen. But I mean, the, he's someone that is similar to like Luka Doncic or LeBron James, where he's he is single handedly able to almost carry his team to victory. Um, we, we've seen that against the the Jazz and the Bucks earlier this season with the the whatever the magnificent seven or magnificent eight or whatever right they won those back-to-back games and he was basically the reason why and you know i was i was talking about this with a, a nuggets fan today that you know that Jokic is making all these amazing things happen and he's got three guys that are limited scorers and a rookie on the court with them and they're putting up 120 130 points a game it's, yeah it's, it's nuts unreal yeah how how much how easy he's able to make things for his teammates. And, you know, like these, these aren't Millsap and Tory Craig aren't guys that are going to be getting a lot of points, but, you know, and they didn't have a ton of points today, but you're just, you know, Jeremy Grant with what, 22 points. Like you're just making things so easy. Yeah. 22 points. PJ Dozier with 12, you know, and Dozier's just walking into these shots and he's getting a lot of minutes with the guys on the bench, but I mean, the Nuggets are just able to put up so many points so easily because of Jokic and his ability to impact the game. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with it. When you put Jokic on the floor and you surround him with role players that know how to defer to him, usually things happen, usually good things happen. And I thought that against Miami, there was definitely not as much cutting as we've seen over the course of the last couple of games, not just from Porter, but from everybody, honestly it was really impressive to see what they did against a team like the Spurs who are very smart. They know what they're doing. They are a little bit younger than they're used to, but they, but they're still coached by Greg Popovich and he would have had them ready for whatever the nuggets were going to throw out there, but the nuggets were still back cutting. They were still moving off the ball really well, and it got them a lot of free and easy points. So uh, you mentioned Jeremy Grant's uh, let's start with skip here. Uh, Jeremy Grant's had a tough time in the bubble so far overall. But I really do think that he's coming around and, and so many of the difficult shots that he's had to take so far, he's not going to have to take those when other guys get back. Yeah, no, and I we talked about this the other day. I've had a tough time coming around on Jeremy Grant, but 
I think today he showed me a little something. It was very encouraging. I mean, it was it was still like a quiet 22 points. It didn't sound like he was putting up that many points. And you look at the box score, it's like, boom, he's got 22 points. Sure. And I mean, and when the Nuggets struggle from three like they do at times, for him just to make a couple from distance today was huge just to get his confidence back for a team that's been struggling from distance. I mean, I know they did a lot better in the second half today, but you go back to the first half today, Michael Porter Jr. was the only one who could make a three. So, I mean, that's the only concern I have with this team going forward. And if Jeremy Grant can give them that off the bench every night, that'd be awesome. I mean, he played 35 minutes today and was phenomenal. So I think that, like you said, he struggled in the first couple bubble games. But he, if he can build on today's performance, I think that he's definitely going to be an X factor going forward for the Nuggets. I'm looking forward to it. He's one of those guys that he, he has a player option in the offseason. We don't know what's going to happen with him, but – I still am, am very much of the opinion that the final form of the Nuggets includes him somewhat. It may not be with him as the top five most important players on the team, but I still think that you keep a guy like that around somebody who is very athletic, very versatile, can shoot the ball really well. He's struggled with a shot at the bubble so far, but like I said earlier, I think that when he's getting back to catching and shooting, when he's getting back to playing in the short corner a little bit more, as opposed to having to create off the dribble, which is it's, it's part of his game, but it's not the entire thing. Like, I think he'll be better. Uh, Dan, what about Monte Morris? You, you mentioned Monte, you mentioned PJ. Uh, both of those guys have been really good over the course of at least this game. Monte was really good in the last game too. His performance in this game, almost identical in terms of his points and assists. Uh, 19 points this time, 17 points last time, four assists in both games, zero turnovers in both games. So Nuggets getting a little bit of consistency from their point guard position right now. Yeah, it's nice to see. And it's uh, if you can think back to two seasons ago, I think, or two seasons ago, maybe it was last. No, one season ago. My apologies. When the Nuggets played the Spurs in the playoffs, uh, how difficult of a time Jamal Murray had with the Spurs guards, right. um, especially Derek White, who everyone was convinced was going to make the Hall of Fame <laughs> after a couple of games. Yeah, but you know Morris, he's he has a reputation of someone that's going to take care of the ball and make the right play, and I think he was able to do that. He had hit a couple of good moves, you know, and hesitation moves, getting into the paint and scoring at the rim fairly easily. I thought he had a great game and. You know, not just Derek White, but um, DeJounte Murray is also a, a very good defensive guard. Patty Mills is a crafty veteran. And I feel like Monty Morris had a, a really, really good performance against those guys. Not not doing too much, but um, definitely not shrinking from the moment. It really is crazy how far the Nuggets guards have come, how far this team has progressed overall. They were young and inexperienced and looked like they were really struggling against that Spurs team in that first round of the playoffs. Now this team looks a lot different, those guys specifically. I, I know Jamal has come a long way, uh, but Monte Morris, he, he looks like a different player right now. He just He's very solid, but like just, and he's always been very solid, but he just is more consistent in terms of, hey, I'm going to get to exactly the spots I need to. I'm going to put the ball in exactly the place that it needs to be. I'm not going to make any mistakes. And I thought he was, he was great. Uh, PJ Dozier was not great in the OKC game, but he was good tonight. He had 12 points, eight assists, five rebounds. Uh, that was awesome to see. Uh, one guy I do want to credit as well is Michael Malone. 
I thought his rotations in this game and really throughout the bubble, in all honesty, have been excellent. He's had a, a lot of difficulty in terms of not having the right personnel on the floor. Uh, when you don't have Murray, Harris, and Barton, sometimes you have to get really creative. And I think he's gotten creative and he's staggered Jokic and MPJ. That's been great. Um, I've been pretty excited to see what they've been able to do. Uh, Skip, what have you thought of Michael Malone so far in terms of what he's provided to this team in the bubble? Oh, I thought he's. I think he's done a fantastic job. It, it's been tough with all these guys arriving late, and I mean the guys we were just talking about, Monte Morris and PJ Dozier, just got to the team what a week, week and a half ago, and they're playing. 35 minutes today. Monte Morris played, PJ Dozier played 26. So, I mean, it's tough to do that. My, my favorite part about Michael Malone as a coach, just because this is kind of my coaching style as well, is how hands-on he is. So, like, when the players weren't here and he was practicing with the team and all that stuff, I loved every single second of that. It helps you really connect with your players, and you can kind of tell that now. They're getting back to full strength, but you can tell they're buying in with what Michael Malone is selling. The team's playing for him, and like you said, he's doing a great job with the rotations. I mean, even when he's putting guys like Troy Daniels and Mason Pumley in just there for a couple of minutes, it always seems like they're in there at, like, the perfect time. And him staggering Jokic and Porter has been fantastic. I think that's something he should probably continue to do moving forward and on into the playoffs just so they always have an offensive playmaker out there. So I think Malone and his staff has done a, a fantastic job so far. It's been really tough with all the guys arriving late. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think he's done an awesome job. Also only played Paul Millsap 17 minutes. Uh, he didn't really match up well with the perimeter attack for the Spurs. Didn't look very good today. But Malone recognized that. He started pulling the right strings. And I thought that that was a really good move for him specifically. Uh, just doing what it takes for the team to win and, and being comfortable with the team being able to accept those decisions. So uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about this team going forward and what this group is going to look like uh, and maybe how the starting lineup may change and how Nuggets fans should be prepared for that. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here, joined by Brandon Ewing and Daniel Lewis. Uh, very happy to have these guys on. It's been been a little bit since we've been able to get together. Uh, but going forward with all of these games happening, I'm, I want to be able to talk to all of the, the Denver Stiff staff and, and bring everybody on so we can, we can have some good illuminating discussion for fans and everybody. Uh, so it's going to be good. Uh, you know who else is online is, uh, is Will Barton. He, he posted a major message of support, in my opinion, for Michael Porter Jr. on Twitter today. After the game, he said, in quote, MPJ is special. Ready right now, 6'10", small forward with a ratchet and a handle. Stop playing with him. Can't be on a leash with that type of ability. It's time. Got to let him be him. Shorty different. That is 
one of the best endorsements I've ever heard from somebody who is also competing at the same position to play. Uh, I think it just really speaks to his character. Uh, Skip, am I right? Like this, this guy seems like one of the best teammates the Nuggets could have possibly had. Well, I was going to say, I think Will Barton is a phenomenal teammate. He's the the perfect person you want on your roster, not just because he's a he's a great teammate, but he's also a really good basketball player. So that just goes hand in hand with it. And I think that him just going out and shouting out Michael Porter Jr. when, like you said, they're kind of competing for a spot with Barton out and uh, Michael Porter Jr. thriving in the starting lineup. For him to go out there and do that just speaks to his character, speaks to the person who is. And I think that uh, it, it's just awesome to see. Will Barton is, is a awesome professional he's a great teammate he's a great person i'm excited to see what he can do when he's back on the court and healthy again no, i totally agree uh, dan is barton right do they need to unleash mpj going forward to let the leash off of that guy with that type of ability yeah i think it's nice for your starting shooting guard to complement starting small forward that way but hmm, there, you go. there you go i i think that uh <laughs> i think barton's he's Porter Jr. is someone that can play really well alongside him. I, I don't think Gary Harris is going to be available for a little while. So, um, you know, Barton is more of a slasher, someone that can play make off the dribble, and I'm sure he would appreciate having someone, you know, post up in the corner or setting up on the wing that can, you know, knock down a three pointer or catch, pump fake, drive into the paint, help ease some of the rebounding burden, you know, guard some of the bigger small forwards that Barton doesn't have to take on that physical pull and can hopefully yeah. stay a little bit healthier down, you know, as he, as he continues to age. But I, I think it's a great move and it's nice. Sorry. It's nice to see those teammates supporting each other. I I am a big fan. I, I have kind of heard from the background, just, just what kind of a teammate Will Barton was uh, his ability to support everybody. He, he was given that support by Damian Lillard while he was in Portland. And it seems like he's just taken a lot of those same principles and passed them on as a, as a, somebody who's very passionate, very vocal, but also just really cares about you as a person. So great thing that Will Barton is on this team. Great thing that maybe he and Porter could start together. I don't know if that's what Michael Malone will do. I don't know what Michael Malone's thinking will be when the playoffs come, but uh, with Porter, there's at least a possibility that Porter could be unleashed in the next two games as well. Uh, they're going to play Portland tomorrow. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. Uh, they're going to play Utah on Saturday. Neither of those two teams is a really capable forward defender. They can't really battle Porter for, for a lot of what Porter does. He's too athletic. He's too tall. He's got too good of a shot. Uh what would you what would you guys think? I'll start with Skip on this one. What would you guys think if Porter was able to replicate his two performances that he's had so far with another two massive performances? I think that uh, he's definitely going to replicate the next two games. Like, I'll go out on the limb, make a bold take. I think he's going to get 30 and 10 again the next two games. I really do. I think wow. that what I'm excited to see is how Michael Porter Jr. plays when the Nuggets face the Lakers and the Clippers next week. That's what I'm excited to see because I think that he is going to go balls to the wall these next two games. I think he's going to keep putting up big numbers because, I mean, we've seen guys in the NBA when their scorers and they're hot, they don't just go cold 
right away. Michael Porter Jr. is hot right now. He's going to keep doing that the next two games. And then once that competition gets a little tougher when you're playing the Lakers and the Clippers, let's see what he does then. But I think that he's going to take the Trailblazers and the Jets to school. I like the Nuggets in both games. Again, they're, they're just playing so well right now that it's tough for me to bet against them, and it's tough for me to bet against number one. Dan, what do you think? I don't think that Camarlo is going to be able to stop Michael Porter Jr. on defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's uh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I think he should have a pretty easy time scoring on someone that's almost old enough to be his dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's he's close. That's crazy. I mean, it it probably I'm not going to be out here advocating for teenage parenthood. <laughs> but, <laughs> Good for you. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm responsible. I'm gonna. I'm a father, thirty. Anyways, uh, I think Porter can have a good game. Good game against Portland. I I think it could be difficult if he gets matched up with Zach Collins because Collins is also really tall and is a good rebounder. Uh, I think the the game against Utah is going to be a really interesting matchup because he does. He obviously has a height and speed advantage um, against. Royce O'Neal and Joe Inkles, but Rudy Gobert is uh, a much better center than the other centers that he's faced off against, and he sure he really struggled against the Heat with Bam Adebayo. So um, that could be something where his rebounding isn't going to be something that comes quite as easy to him. Um, so if if he has a really good game against Utah, especially on the glass. If he's able to get double-digit rebounds, that would be a really impressive accomplishment. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I think both of those games, he's he's going to be tested in different ways than he was over the last two. Ellie still face <laughs> a little bit more size than he did before, but but in these, like I think he still has a way that he could dominate differently. Uh, next week, like Skip said, they played the Lakers and Clippers, and I'm going to throw the Raptors in there too, who have OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Uh, those are some of the best possible defenders for a guy like MPJ in the entire league. Uh, so that's just going to be a big test. I, I'm looking forward to seeing whether those guys play. Uh, it's very possible that the Lakers and Clippers could have things wrapped up by then. And, and I know the Lakers already do, but, and so they may just rest LeBron rest AD and just decide, Hey, we're not going to give the nuggets anything. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see whether he can replicate some of that stuff. Uh, Let's move to the rotation really quick because I think uh, – not really quick because it's just going to – it's going to be a sticking point for the rest of the season, I think, uh, what Michael Malone decides to do. So, Dan, I want to start with you on this one. Who are the Nuggets starters on game one of the playoffs, assuming full health? Uh, assuming Gary Harris is healthy too? <laughs> yes, assuming he's ready to play. I think that you're going to be seeing Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. Interesting. Why? I I don't think that even if Gary Harris is healthy, I don't think he's going to be at, you know game ready. I don't think his conditioning is going to be at a point where he can start. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to start Tory Craig. Um, I think I think some of the players are probably going to be encouraging Malone to start Porter Jr. as and you know 
that might not happen on a lot of other teams where veterans are saying, hey, you got you got to get this rookie out here. But I think if the players um, live up to the kind of the, the reputation they have and are have the kind of character that they've demonstrated in the past, I think they're going to say, hey, look, uh, this guy can do things that we can't. And ultimately, if our goal is to, to go far and win, if we've been doing all this work this entire season and we've come back after these four months off, so that we can make a playoff run, um, Porter Jr. has to be out there and he has to get get a chance. I I, I don't think he's going to have a very long leash if he makes a, a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. Um, On defense, I do think that he's going to get an opportunity to start, if especially if he closes out the season really strong. And I think he will because, like, he, I know this, uh, just touch on this quickly, that I, I've always had the opinion that the Lakers and the Clippers and the Raptors are going to be resting their players and so Porter Jr. might not play as often in those games, but I don't think he's going to be going against uh, as stiff of competition as we've seen in the first half of the, of the seeding games. Interesting. I think it's, it's definitely possible. Um, the Nuggets kind of have an outside chance to claim the two seed at this point. They're only half a game back of the Clippers, and if they win that final game against the Clippers, then they, they might be able to drop the Clippers down to three, maybe even four if the Jazz continue to win. Uh, I don't know if that's possible given the fact that the Nuggets play the Jazz, but maybe it's the Rockets that win. Maybe the Rockets are the ones that that push the Clippers into the four seed with the Rockets in the three. Uh, Skip, what about you? What what would your starting lineup be in game one of the playoffs, assuming full health? Yeah, you have to go Jamal Murray, and then I think you have to go Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic. And then it's probably Paul Millsap, and then it's just between Harris or Barton. And, uh, I mean, Barton's come off the bench more in his career, but, I mean, I also kind of like what he does with that starting unit. And it's not like – I mean, Harris hasn't come off the bench much. He only came off the bench nine times last year. He's only done it once this year. So it's kind of a new role for him. But I also don't know if he'll even be ready once the playoffs start, so you might not even have to worry about it. Because, I mean – yeah. Because with Barton, I mean, we've already seen him. He, he participated in a, in a scrimmage. He had right knee soreness, but it's just, you know, he's got a sore knee. You hope he's going to be fine by the playoffs. Same with Jamal Murray. He's got hamstring tightness. It's not like he's pulled a hamstring or something. So you think both of those guys are going to be back. With, with Harris, you don't really know, so it might not even be that tough of a decision. But I think that, like Dan said, it's probably going to be Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap and then Nikola Jokic, and then you just kind of worry about how many guys you're bringing off the bench. Are you going to go eight-man rotation? Are you going to go nine-man rotation? Because then you got to find a way to mix in Jeremy Grant. you got Monte Morris. You've seen what P.J. Dozier can do, and he played a lot with Monte Morris today, so maybe you bring both of those guards off the bench. you got to stagger them, obviously. But then do you play Mason Plumlee? There's just a whole bunch of question marks. But I think that the starting five definitely has to be Murray, Barton, Porter, Millsap, and then Jokic. So that's who I would go with. Skip, you're not putting Bull Bull in your playoff rotation? <laughs> no, but uh, I'm, I was surprised Bull didn't get any minutes today. It was the first time we haven't seen him on the court yet. So uh, I was a little disappointed, but here's the thing. I mean, I guess you could play Bull or Mason Plumley for five or ten minutes, so I guess take your pick. Uh, yeah, hey, and it might come down to that in different situations. Uh, I think Plumley has been overall pretty good in the bubble so far. It hasn't been perfect, but he he's, and he's, there are definitely some matchups that he's not going to work well for, but I think he's a part of that rotation, but to your starting lineup, uh, I think all three of us are on the same page. 
I I worry about Gary's health. I worry about him being able to fast track his ability to get back into game shape, playoff shape, and and be willing and able to contribute at that level. Uh, and it's too bad because I think ideally you would want Gary Harris in that starting lineup so that he could provide just an initial layer of defense out there in between Murray and Porter. Uh, is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that just given the way that things are trending with him, I, it would surprise me if he was healthy enough to be able to play 30, 35 minutes of playoff basketball. Um, but you never know. Right now, though, I think Porter has made the decision easy. Like Skip said, you, you kind of start with Jamal Murray, you start with Nikola Jokic, and then you start with Michael Porter Jr. And whether you go with Gary Harris or Will Barton at the two, that's fine. Whether you go with Jeremy Grant or Paul Millsap at the, at the four, that's fine. Uh, those guys each provide different layers and abilities and skill sets that you can mix and match. Uh, Torrey Craig provides another. Monte Morris will be a good backup point guard, and probably Mason Plumlee would be a good backup center. So Denver has contributors. But the fact is, is that Porter being able to pencil himself into the starting lineup, that it, it makes things a lot easier from a rotation perspective. There were a lot of questions before, but if you can have him as a cornerstone, like Michael Malone said today, then things change completely. Uh, yeah, against, against Utah or OKC, I'm going with Millsap for continuity purposes. Against Houston, I'm going with Grant, uh, just as somebody who's more switchable. But... Uh, I mean, I, I think there's justifications for any of that. And, and, and most of those things, as long as Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic are out there. Um, Dan, is there any scenario I mean, where any scenario where Michael Porter Jr. doesn't start? Yeah. If we match up against the Houston Rockets in round one, <laughs> then I look forward to our starting lineup of Jamal Murray, Torrey Craig, Will Barton, maybe Jeremy Grant and Jokic because, you know, there's no way that you can keep. Yeah. I don't think after watching what happened with Paul Millsap in the Spurs today, I don't, I don't know how coach Malone can say, Hey Paul, you know, we're, we're here matched up against the Rockets. They have nobody over six foot eight. And uh, I am really looking forward to you having to go out there and guard Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so yeah, there's something to be said for that, for sure. He's, I think he would definitely go with a Murray, Craig, because Craig is going to be out there as the Westbrook stopper, you know, and uh, Barton's going to be out there matched up against James Harden, and uh, probably yeah. You know, then then Jeremy Grant just as a switchy guy and um, hide Jamal Murray and hope that Jokic can get rebounds against PG Tucker. Yeah, if, if he can't get rebounds against P.J. Tucker, then that's an issue. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. I, I do think that he's, he can rise to that occasion and, and do what the team needs to do in that situation. Uh, Skip, if you're, if you're in that situation against a team like Houston uh, and you've got a team that's very, very capable offensively and, and could really punish Michael Porter Jr. on switches or in different situations, that does to, to me seem like a way that Michael, Michael Malone could pull a Porter. Yeah, it's it's certainly an option because I mean, if you're starting him, you're you're trying to win a one forty to one forty game, and if you're bringing yeah. him off the bench, it's it's 
you're going defense, obviously. So, and I mean, Craig has shown the ability to get into Westbrook's head and stop him. So obviously that's a really good matchup for Denver. So it's not the best matchup for Porter. And maybe that's a game where he plays, I don't know, let's say 25 minutes off the bench and you still hope he's getting you around 15 and seven or something, which wouldn't be bad for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Nuggets can win like that too. I think that's a really key thing here is that they they've proven they can match up with Houston before uh, with Michael Porter Jr. as kind of a, a wild card in that case. Uh, but Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Nikola Jokic, those guys are all capable offensively and can drive good offense. Porter could definitely be that, that reserve six-man type. and that, that, that makes a lot of sense, and it's a larger role than he was playing before. So if, if Nuggets fans are going to complain about anything, at least let them complain that he's only playing a six-man role. Like that to me. That's a, a massive step from where we were even a couple weeks ago. So uh, let's move to the – I, I want to talk quickly about the Murray-Porter-Jokic dynamic. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you. How well do you think those three fit together long-term, and do you have any concerns? Um, no, I don't, I don't have any concerns. Uh, just, just in terms of – I know Malone has said that he had two cornerstones out there. Uh, I'll give him a pass for not knowing that a building can only have one cornerstone. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I do think that with the Jokic cornerstone and uh, with uh, Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray being the other two foundation stones, um, I think that those are two, three pieces that are going to be able to work together really well uh, Murray's, I, I still think, has uh, a really high ceiling. I think if Michael Porter Jr. stays totally healthy, he probably has as high, if not higher, of a ceiling than Jamal Murray. Um, but just right. having – I also understand that Michael Porter Jr. has had back surgery and he's only like, what, 21, 22 years old. So I, I think that we, we do have to be a little bit um, – cautious with anointing him as the next best small forward in the league after LeBron James and Kevin Durant retire um, because of his health concerns. But I, he does have a, a really high ceiling as a, a talented, tall scorer that can put the ball on the court. Um, he has some room to, gr- to grow defensively, but he also is a rookie who didn't play very much in the first half of the season. Uh, Skip, who would you rather have, Zion Williamson or Michael Porter Jr.? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm going to say Zion just because, I mean, that's a tough question to throw at me. But I'm going to take <laughs> Zion. I'm going to take, take Zion because I, he's been healthier before, like longer. Like, like I kind of th- I thought about this today. So Michael Porter Jr. is doing awesome right now. And he took like two years off. He didn't even play college basketball. He didn't even play in the NBA last year, and he's dominating a league right now where he took two years off. I mean, think about that. And he barely played at the beginning of the season. Like, he was playing like 15 minutes a night, and you see him in the bubble, and he's literally destroying people. So it's kind of crazy to to think of it that way. The the last time this dude really played as many minutes as he's playing now, he was an 18-year-old high schooler playing against – guys that like look like me like he's going to destroy me <laughs> it's, it's a great it's, way to put it it's kind of crazy to think of it that way no but i think i think both of them are great players and i think if michael porter jr played 
let's say if he was playing 25 minutes earlier this season, I think that he would honestly probably be in the rookie of the year conversation. I really do. Like he's obviously not there now because he's dominating in an NBA bubble during a pandemic. So it's a lot different situation than earlier before, but I think him, John Morant, Zion, all those guys, they're all really promising rookies. It's tough to just say, Hey, pick one. They're just all really good players. And luckily for the nuggets, they have one on their team and there's one that they could build around for the future. So that's pretty awesome. Dan, what about you, Zion uh, or MPJ? And I'll even throw John Morant in there. Uh, I do want to say, Skip, you, your beard's not that bad. You don't have to be so hard on yourself. Looking like <laughs> I was going to say, most 18-year-olds don't have this beard band. So yeah, I, I haven't trimmed it in a while. It's, it's not that bad, anyway. <laughs> um, but between Ja, Zion, and MPJ, um, to, to help make this a good podcast, I'm going to go with John Morant. Um, wow. I, I, yeah. That's a good I, choice too. He's a really good player. I, I think he's he's a tremendous player. I think he's someone that can just totally change the culture and attitude of, of a team. Uh, I really like players that are that have that bulldog kind of mentality. I, I think he's a great fit in Memphis, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. But I think you could put him on almost any team and he'd be a great point guard um, and he would help make the team better. Now, Michael Porter Jr. is a great scorer. Uh, great rebounder, obviously not. Um, yeah, he has defensive issues. Now Zion, I, I'm just concerned about his knees uh, with his size. It's I know John Morant falls really hard as well, and he doesn't have nearly as good of an outside shot as Michael Porter Jr. Um, but I, I would go with John Morant over over Zion. I, I've actually been thinking, you know, just as Zion continue to deal with knee issues and just you know, kind of, a, he's kind of an awkward fit for how you're crafting a team. I, I don't know. I, I don't think oh, we've really seen enough of Zion to, to really get a good sense of how he's going to fit in the NBA. But I, I just know, like, I'm putting John Moran out there. I'm getting 80 games a season. I'm getting, you know, 21, 24 points a game, you know, eight, nine, 10 assists, um, you know, a couple of rebounds and a couple of plays each night where, like, the, the arena is going to explode. Um, and I, I might be able to get that for 55 games with Zion and uh, MPJ is a, a real wild card. Just, you know, he could have 34 and 10, you know, for a month, <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, I'll, I'll go with Chuck. It's, it's reasonable. It's, it's definitely a reasonable thing to say. Uh, and for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to go with Porter and here's why he looks like, what you would want your ideal superstar in a championship position to look like. Uh, It's really hard to win as a point guard. The only guy who's really done it well is Steph Curry over the past few years. It's really hard to win when you're injured. And I think I actually trust Michael Porter Jr.'s bill of health over what I think Zion Williamson will be over the next few years. And there's also something to the team building concept where you're right. I don't know what a Zion championship team looks like. I don't know how he fits in that situation and whether they could defend with him on the floor. Um, we're going to see. We're going to figure it out. But I also think that it's it's enough of a concern that given what we've seen from Porter, people just – they don't just have 30 and 10 games back-to-back, like as rookies. That's not something that happens in your third and fourth game as a starter. It was very odd. And – not necessarily out of nowhere. Like we, we had seen the talent. We had seen what he had been able to do. 
uh, putting all of this together, putting him in a position where, hey, you're finally going to play. I said this to Adam Morris on the uh, on his podcast, on the Lockdown Nuggets podcast. Uh, the, the previous season high for Michael Porter Jr.'s minutes this year was 29-41. He played 44 minutes a couple games ago and 36 minutes last game. That to me is insane. And being able to do that consistently, if you can, and you're putting up these kinds of numbers, then my God, like this is, this is what a championship guy looks like. Um, so on that note, let's just, let's just wrap it up here. Let's, let's talk about Portland tomorrow. Uh, first skip does Jamal Murray play? No, I don't think Jamal Murray's going to play considering I don't really know how close he was to playing today. So I don't think he'll play tomorrow. I think we might see Jamal Murray Saturday against Utah, but that still might be pushing it. I think it's probably more likely you see him Monday against the Lakers, but Jamal Murray's kind of surprised us before. Like he's been injured and we're like, yeah, he's going to return like two games from now. And then like, he's going to play like immediately the next game. He'll score score 25 points, and he'll look like the Jamal Murray of usual. So I I would put tomorrow him playing at like 20%. Saturday, probably 50-50. And then Monday, I'd probably put it to like the 75 to 80 range. So I think we'll probably see him one of these next three games. Dan, what about you? I don't think he's going to play today. We'll say that. I don't think he's going to play today. I think that the coaching staff would want to be able to run through, run him through a practice session first just to make sure that everything's going okay. Um, and it's a back-to-back situation, so I think, I think that's why he won't play tomorrow against Utah. I, I would love to see him out there. I think it would be really helpful, you know, as they're going to have to go against Donovan Mitchell and um, Mike Conley Jr. But um, I, I do think that he will – be back or no sorry they're playing portland today they're playing the jazz on saturday yeah so yeah, yeah, I, it would be right. helpful for him to going against damian lillard and cj mccollum i i do think that he will be there for utah um and that will help in their matchup against donovan mitchell and mike conley against today against damian lillard and cj mccollum i do not think he'll be available to play sure I think he's going to. I think they're going to figure it out. I think he, he to me, has been pretty close over the past couple of games, and they've held him out because I don't think they needed him against the Spurs. Uh, and they, they proved that. They said, hey, we just won against the Oklahoma City Thunder without you. I think we can do it against the Spurs. Uh, and maybe that's what they end up doing. Maybe that's how they figure this out. Uh, but they're going to need him against the Blazers. Like The Blazers have been playing really well, and they have that guard scoring that that is pretty inflammatory for a lot of that time. So they'll, they'll need somebody to match up with those guys. I don't think it's just going to be Porter and Jokic. Uh, does MPJ go off against Mello? I'll start with Dan. I sure hope so. That'd be really great. Um, it'd be nice to, to see kind of the Nuggets past matched up against the Nuggets future and the Nuggets future come out on top. Um, be cool. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if he's going to put up uh, 36 points and 13 rebounds, you know, <laughs> to kind of split it in the middle. But I do think he'll have a pretty good game against Carmel. Skip. Yeah, I think he's at least getting 20 and 10 tomorrow, and I wouldn't be shocked if he got 30 and 10 again. I would. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if he scored like eight of the first 14 points like he did again today and 
on Monday, I think he scored like six of the first 10 points. So I wouldn't be surprised if he started hot again too. And the nice thing is when he starts hot, the, you know, the other team really starts to take notice and that leaves just more open room for Nicole Jokic to go to work. So I definitely think that uh, if they put Carmelo on him, oh boy, I think MPJ is going to have a field day. We've got Nurkic versus Jokic tomorrow too. I didn't, I didn't even ask a question for that, but are you guys excited for it? Like that, that to me seems yes. like a, a fun, a fun battle that could go on. Yes, I'm excited for that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we get, we did get to talk about it. Uh, I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for Yusuf Nurkic, um, and I really hope that the Nuggets are going to be able to help him restart his summer vacation. <laughs> I was going to say, wish him a happy autumn or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, Skip, what about you? No, I'm I'm extremely excited. I'm a I'm a huge Nurkic fan, man. Like when I was just starting becoming a Nuggets fan, Nurkic was my guy. Like I won a Nurkic signed jersey from Aptitude Sports Radio like ten years ago. That thing's still in my closet. I'm <laughs> a love it. And ever since Nurkic, remember when he like backed down LeBron? He like made the layup and then he handed it to LeBron while he was laying on the ground. I've loved Nurkic. That's hilarious. It's just so savage. Like, and I love LeBron too, but it's just so savage of someone to do that. I was like, Nurkic, he's my guy. So uh, I think Nurkic is going to have a big game tomorrow. I think Jokic is also going to have a big game. I think it's going to be a really fun battle to watch. I think so too. Uh, those guys, obviously they have history. Uh, Jokic and Nurkic are friends, but in terms of Denver sports Twitter, they're definitely frenemies. Uh I, I love it. I think there there are lots of intriguing matchups. Uh, if Murray does play, it could be Murray versus Lillard, MPJ versus Mello, and Jokic versus Nurkic. That's nuts. That could be that could be great. Uh, okay, Skip, who wins? Um, I think the Nuggets win. And before we go, I think Bobo is going to play tomorrow. I think he's going to play at least ten minutes, and he's probably going to score like five points and maybe get a couple of blocks. Because Ooh, I love it. I, I mean, love that. A, it's a back-to-back, bold move. Bull Bull's getting the double-double, baby. Nuggets win by five. Bull Bull closes <laughs> the game out. Let's, let's a bold, bold, a bold, a bold take. <laughs> there we go. That's how we do it. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried for that one, but that's okay. Uh, Dan, what about you? Um, I, I think if you want to see who I picked to win, you should read my preview on Denver Stiffs. Oh, look at it. I love it. I've, I've, I've heard of that website. Yeah, um, it's the number one fan community online for Nuggets fans. Um, I like it. Do they have good management over there? Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Have to check Thank you, you uh, for, for being my favorite shill. Uh, <laughs> I think that the Nuggets are going to win. It's going to be a tough matchup, but they seem to match up pretty well with the Blazers now especially. Uh, they haven't lost to the Blazers yet since they lost in Game 7, and I don't know how that changes with Porter facing Michael Porter Jr. So, or facing Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, guys, you've been great. Thank you so much for hopping on with me tonight to break down this past game and look forward. It's been very good. Uh, Skip, you have anything you want to say before we head out? No, I got nothing. Just uh, I'm excited to see what Michael Porter Jr. and the Nuggets have in store for us tomorrow, and I can't wait for Bull Bull to finish with a double-double. Let's get it. Dan, do you have a final take? Just remember, if you're going out, people, socially distance and wear your mask. Let's get this thing over with. Oh, my second bed as well. I am so done with this coronavirus, man. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stitch Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.